here we are at Pod and Market. Some of you may know there is a subreddit on uh, on Reddit that is r slash Newark, and there was a question posed this week. Uh, the question was, what is the most common misconception about Newark? And I, on the Reddit, decided to take a little bit of a, um, take it as a joke, and I threw on there just this short sentence that it's pronounced Newark. And some people took me pretty seriously, but um, the thing about Newark is, or Newark, uh, is that it's not pronounced Newark or uh, Newark, it's Newark, which is a sort of sort of schwa sound. Um, and this sort of acts as a password for Newark. If you are from here, you um, can show your sort of bona fides by pronouncing it in this particular way. And this has sort of created a little bit of a culture and a little bit of a, um, an aesthetic around this word. Um, and I have here today an artist, uh, Gabe Ribeiro, who's here to talk about his uh, branding around that word and the, um, what he's created using that term. So to go a little bit into uh, his background, uh, Gabe was born and raised here in Newark, uh, specifically in the Ironbound section. He's a self-taught graphic artist, um, and he basically got a start by creating Snapchat geofilters and then transitioned from there into creating designs that were um, based in physical products. And from there, that evolved into the Nork project. So that's spelled N-O-R-K. In the show notes, we'll have some links to his um, his store, his online presence, his um, social media accounts. Um, but to get into a little bit more, the Newark Project is an independent brand uh, based here in Newark, New Jersey, and it strives to create quality goods and cultural activations that surround Newark and that are based in Newark. Um, and one of these cultural activations is the Newark Audio, Audio Project. And we'll get more into uh, the project itself during the conversation. Um, but the project basically strives to collect and archive stories, memories, and perspectives through the audio form that are centered here in Newark. And I also just like having um, Gabe here on the show because he um, he's actually pretty young. He's uh, 21. Uh, and he's made, um, if you're involved in the Newark art scene or the Newark cultural scene, you've definitely heard about his work before, although you may have not seen his face or uh, heard his voice yet. Uh, he, uh, he's, he's pretty much in the background, uh, and I mean that in a good way. I don't mean that he's trying to hide. I think he's letting his work speak for himself. And so I'm really excited to have him on. And uh, uh, I don't want to use the word prodigy because I feel like that is too much and has too much um, baggage and it, it it masks the actual work he's trying to do but I think he is definitely he has a, a genius to what he's doing and before I get more into it I'm actually going to throw it back over to him and ask Gabe to talk about his background and you know his connection here to Newark before we get into his actual work well thank you for the kind introduction and thank you for not using the word prodigy that is a lot of pressure <laughs> but um, yeah I was born and raised in Newark specifically the Ironbound section uh, been living in the same little house all, all my 21 years uh, with my family. And, um, you know, living in Newark was not something I really thought about. Like, you, you don't really, uh, you know, uh, until I would start speaking to people. I went uh, to West Orange for high school, and it was a, quite a big high school. And when you would tell people you were from Newark, you got sort of a, of a reaction. And I didn't st- realize that until, you know, uh started encountering those kind of people. But um, just around 18, 19, uh, when I was going to college at NJIT, when I started to go to college, I didn't know 
downtown Newark existed because I always stayed in my little bubble in the Ironbound. So when I started going to NJIT, discovering downtown Newark, it was sort of like a rebirth. And that's when I really fell in love with just the city because I had no idea it was that big, so many people. And uh, that really you know, pushed me, uh, inspired me to start the Newark Project. Yeah, it's really cool that you mentioned that. Uh, I think it's lost on a lot of people. I mean, Newark is not a big city, but you do have to discover parts of it. Um, it's a very segmented, and we were talking a little bit earlier on the way here to the podcast, but you use the word bubbles. Yeah. Right? And um, can you talk about what you mean by bubbles? Bubbles meaning you don't really explore. Like, there, there's even parts in the Ironbound I don't, I don't even go to just because, like, I don't know what's over there. And uh, there's a lot of people who don't know about, like, Forest Hill or Valesburg or some people who don't even know about the Ironbound, which, you know, from my perspective is crazy because the Ironbound is, like, everything I know. But, uh, yeah, the bubble is just meaning, like, there's, like, invisible walls where you just don't cross over into certain communities. And whatever the reason, I don't know. So what's it like to cross over? Um, and I feel like you have with your, with your work. What, what does that feel like? What does it take to cross from one bubble to another? Well, I feel that everybody, no matter where in Newark, they, they have this sort of pride. It's like when you're from Newark, you almost feel like an underdog. That's the sort of feeling, you know, I feel a lot of people have. So as long as you're you're making like that sort of work uh, that resonates with people, you know, you, you start breaking down barriers. Yeah, and I think one way you've done that is through the Newark Project. So could you talk about what it is and how would you describe um, your brand or, or this brand that you've created at least? Well, today I call it uh, an independent brand, mm -hmm. but previously it was just a, a passion project. So was, I started making Snapchat geo filters. Um, because I just started teaching myself graphic art and Snapchat has this community geo filter thing where you can submit and uh, people can use your filter in the app. And so I started making a couple of those. I made one of the Newark Paramount uh, Theater on Market Street and that's been like the biggest one to date and Snap Snapchat has like a, a back end where you can see like stats. So that one has been viewed I think like 25 million times. Uh, so okay, I feel a little old here. God. Um, can you explain what a Snapchat geo filter is and the idea behind that? So Snapchat is just you send quick flicks to to your friends of like where you're at or what you're doing, and the geo filter is that wherever you're standing, Snapchat knows your location. So wherever you're standing, there is certain artworks you can swipe through to let people know like, oh, I'm here. So I'm in Newark or I'm in the Ironbound. I'm on Market Street. There's like they 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 get as specific as like streets and as wide as whole cities. Um, yeah, and and it's community submitted artwork. So if you see something that's not generic looking, that Snapchat uploaded, probably an artist uploaded it. And uh, yeah, so that's a, that's what I was it, doing. It, it's almost like a sticker, right? Like exactly. You, you yeah. put over the the picture, right? Yeah. And um, the one that you're describing about the theater is that famous uh, iconic uh, Newark that's like in this marquee yes. with the blue and the yellow and the black lettering. Um, I actually have the sticker right here. I'm using it as a bookmark. Not that um, uh, it's a bookmark, but no, I, I use it as a bookmark. Yeah, it's 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 a really great. Um, obviously, it's not a design original to you, but I think what you've done with it is given it um, uh, a new life. A new yeah, a new life. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, what other things? Um, like, could you ex talk about other um, other things you've created with the Newark project? Yeah. So I just I was with those filters. I eventually wanted to see some sort of physical product. So I, I, I ordered some stickers of some of the designs 
and um, I decided to start a website. In in retrospect, it was very naive, but I'm glad I did it. I started a website just to sell a single sticker design, the Newark Paramount one, and um, it was well received. And so I decided to keep going and, and uh, turn some other designs into stickers. But eventually, you know, you sort of get tired of seeing so many stickers. So yeah. I got it on a hat, and then uh, started making like T-shirts and all the other kinds of stuff. But uh, can you talk about some of the designs on the T-shirts? And I, I know I've seen a tote bag at least, um, right? I think there's a tote bag. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the designs that you put onto them? Yeah. So I've recently picked up a lot on T-shirts. I used to not do many. Um, but starting, I think, March of this year, uh, some of my uh, favorite and some of my best work, I think, is uh, Newark's very own T-shirt. And then uh, Newark is for Hustlers. Yes. <laughs> And then that's been on T-shirts. The Newark is for Oscars has been on T-shirts, stickers, and tote bags. And uh, it's been very well received, and I'm very happy that people enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the work I've been doing, just for fun. But uh, I mean, the funny thing about it is I think a lot of people can interpret what you're doing as cashing in on something. But I don't think that's what's going on uh, with the branding. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's very easy to like just pull stuff, and I've seen this with other not I don't want to say local artists, but I've seen this with uh, I won't mention specific businesses, um, but a lot, some businesses have tried to use the Newark aesthetic to sell other things. We were actually wa- I don't know if you noticed this while we were walking here to the studio, I noticed this at one of the retail stores on Halsey had like a little Newark sign on it. But I want to talk about your what what Newark is for hustlers is doing for you besides selling t-shirts. Like what does that mean for you and the people that you're trying to connect with? Well, I was interning at a podcast production um, company and it was in a co-working space. And just being in that sort of space was immense to see like all the startups and all the, you know, the great ideas that people are having and see how hardworking these people are. And then, um, so I was I had a foot like in the tech world, but then I also had a foot in the arts world, just going to different uh, gallery exhibits and volunteering at the Newark Print Shop, and just to see like the grassroots movements that you, that are happening in the city and just how you know people just power through it. And I was sort of inspired, uh, and I just wanted to make something you know that was for them. So Newark Philosophers means uh, and just shows like how hardworking uh, the city is. Mm-hmm. And um, what other, I know I've noticed uh, there's a Wu, there's a Wu-Tang um, yeah, it's the latest. rebranding. That's a really cool one, which is Thank you. Uh, N-U dash, right? W-E-R-K. W-E-R-K. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a kind of little play on that. Um, yeah. uh, are there any other, obviously I don't want you to reveal what you're working on because that might be a bit of a trade secret for you, but <laughs> where would you want to go? Um, with other Newark-based branding? Like, what, what kind of areas, what, what kind of designs are you thinking about? Just, um, I, don't, I don't think I have any specific, but I'm just p- trying to make more artwork uh, surrounding the city. Um, it might, may not need to name drop Newark, mm-hmm. but it's just maybe it's a sentiment, you know, that people living in this urban environment uh, share. Right, and it's actually funny because you could also, um, you know, being from the Ironbound, you can make it an Ironbound project, but I- I'm guessing you've chosen not to do that, right? Yeah. Because you want to avoid these bubble issues? or Sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I-, I didn't want anybody to feel left out. I right. mean, people outside of the city feel left out, but, you know, this was something I wanted to do f- for my hometown. 
But I think you have a good, I, I don't know your market, but I'm assuming there are also people who are not from Newark who are buying yeah, these things. It's sort of surprising. Um, I have an online website and I've shipped cross country. Wow. Like, what, like what's the furthest you've shipped to? LA. Oh, LA, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. And then Florida. But I know there's like a lot of kids who you know, grew up in Newark, but are going to colleges in these places. So like Ohio, Florida. Massachusetts, mm-hmm. um, but that's. I like to say Newark has a lot of expats. Like yep. There's a lot of people who used to live here and they still, they, they no longer live here, but they still, you know, you can name drop Newark and they've got stories for days. Yeah, one of the most um, episodes I'm excited for, and feel free to email the podcast if you're listening and you want to talk about this stuff. But I want to do the expat episode because I know several. Yeah. One of which is my younger brother, uh, who's permanently moved to Boston. Hey, Miguel. Um, but you know, the, it's funny that they care, people carry this culture with them yeah. when they leave, even if they've like, you know, washed their hands of the city and said, I'm not coming back. Um, do you get to talk to those kind of people or do they share stories with you or do they, uh, not stories, but so much, do they share how they feel about what you're working on? Yeah. I've, I've gotten a couple of really nice messages or emails because of it. Like people will say, you know, I I just got one last week from a girl who says um, she lives in Harlem now, but she's an OG Jersey girl, mm-hmm. and so she's she's happy with the work that I'm doing, and that's that's just a tremendous feeling, you know. OG Newarker is probably the next branding name. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that'd be actually really funny. Um, it, it, it the, the closest analog I can think of to what you're doing, and it's kind of trite at this point but the it's the i love new york shirts right when you see them particularly you mean you see them in new york but when you see them outside new york you're often trying to communicate yeah a message and i feel that's what you know when you're wearing new yorks for hustlers outside that's maybe what you're trying to communicate to people is that um you know this is a city that doesn't have a branding no, i've used i've used that design uh the i love new york has like a oh really oh specifically that design itself yeah wow I've I've haven't used anything like it, but you know, just that sort of uh, footing, that sort of sentiment. I want to get across. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about one of the other things you're working working on, which is the Newark Audio Project. Yeah. Um, can you describe what that is? Yeah. So I just um, previously I used to interview people just with my iPhone, just go up and ask them for like a Newark story, uh, how long they've lived here, any specific memory or perspective that they have on the city. But uh, recently I, I opened up a, a phone number and you can call the phone number and leave a voicemail with a story. And then I upload those stories anonymously to Instagram and uh, and I just share the story. But, but uh, it started because, as I said, I was interning at a podcast production company and I never, never really thought about the audio format. It was all visual to me. Um, but I really fell in love with it because it's, it's so personal and uh, you can't you just hear it in their voice you know what they're trying to get across and um and so i decided to you know bring it to the streets and uh share that um so uh, why anonymous why why not have it be um you know sort of like another version of this i'm thinking of it's not quite audio but it's like humans of new york right yeah and but that comes with a picture and usually a a name and and a, a first name and a last initial but what's the effect that uh, them being anonymous and not attaching it to any name has. Um, there was a couple people who didn't want to be. Okay. Um, in the in the beginning, I started collecting names, but I wasn't sharing them. Uh, and then a couple of people didn't feel comfortable with sharing their name. But also, it's sort of like if you're hearing something, you recognize the person. It's like, whoa. But um, 
I don't know. I just decided to keep it anonymous for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's like the most interesting, I don't know, it's kind of hard. I feel like it's putting you on the spot, but wh- can you give an example of a story or a sentence that was shared that really had like profound meaning to you? Or, or do you think yeah. to, the, to the wider world for that matter? Well, there was this one guy, I remember where I interviewed him. I was doing an event at a uh, city hall and he had a, a booth next to me and it was like sort of a slow period. So I talked to him about it and um, he started, he's not from here, but he started telling me how he got here. And I forget where he was from, maybe DC. And he was saying uh, the reason he moved to Newark was because he was trying to move to New York but his apartment fell through, oh. and so he had to settle in Newark. And I was like, oh, so you're only here for a couple of months. He goes, no, I've been here 10 years. <laughs> I was like, wow. And he goes, and then the line that, that really struck with me, he goes, it was an accident, but it was meant to be. Wow. And uh, like that sort of story of people, um, there's a lot of travelers. As There's a lot of people who have been here all their life, but then there's also a lot of travelers, uh, traveler stories, people who've been uh, to all different types of urban cities. Um, and then, but then another story is that I interviewed this woman who said her, I think her mother or her grandmother was the first uh, black woman to own a home in the South Ward. Oh, wow. And so there's sort of that sort of uh, historical archiving. Actually, I want to ask you about that. Are you archiving these? Um, are you working with an institution to archive them? Not yet. Not yet. But hopefully. Yeah, hopefully out there, institutions, if you're listening. <laughs> yes. Because um, I think it is kind of a piece of history, and I mean, obviously, you're not the only one doing that. I know Audible has at least, um, or is working with the Queer um, mm-hmm. History Project. Uh, I, I might butcher the name there. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but uh, you are recording a form of oral history here in Newark, and um, I, I at least hope for you that you will archive it uh, in some way. The um, also, I wanted to ask you about: Have you thought about how to? broaden out with language because the problem with an oral history is that you can be confined to the language that yeah. you're operating in um and the two other big languages there are others but the two big languages i can think of in the city that are not english are portuguese and spanish yeah um have you thought about expanding I, into that of the 20 something clips i have one of them is in portuguese got it and because i could translate it because i i am portuguese and i speak portuguese but um I, yeah i've definitely thought about it I'm gonna need a little bit of help, though. Right, and you, and we were joking a little bit before we started the podcast. What would you? What's the Portuguese version of Newark? Oh yeah, they, some of the immigrants will say Newarky. Yeah, the Brazilian pronunciation of Newark. Yeah, Newarky. I hope there's a Spanish one too. I wish it'd be funny if that like that that actually is consistent across language that like it's not pronounced Newark in other languages too. Like there's a specific way that local start the Newarky project. Yeah, that'd be actually really yeah. Un projeto Newarky. <laughs> really good. Um, but it, it is amazing that, uh, you know, coming back to this theme about bubbles, um, that that can also be a, a weird bubble. It's not just the physical one, but the the language one, mm-hmm. right? Um, the Iron Bound's a good, uh, it's a bad example because that's where the language and the location are the same. But, like, if you go to the North Ward, there's, you know, it cuts different ways. You have English-speaking communities, you have Portuguese-speaking communities, and you have Spanish-speaking communities that are living in the same place, but not necessarily interacting with each other. Um, do you do work that in other wards outside downtown? Or uh, have you um, have you done, taken the audio project outside of um, the confines of the center of the city? Uh, yeah, there was a couple in the Ironbound, and then 
as for some of the voicemails I received, I don't know where they're from in Newark. Mm -hmm. So they might be from different wards. Um, actually, can you describe the process uh, for people who are listening who might want to submit? Uh, and I'll put it also on the, the website, but can you describe how do you submit to sure. your audio project? Uh, well, you can go to NorkAudioProject.com or NorkAudioProject on Instagram. That's N-O-R-K. And then on the page and website, the website will di di direct you to the Instagram, but there's a phone number, um, and then there's just a, a list of suggested prompts or mm -hmm. suggested questions you can answer. Or, or if you have a story in mind, you can go ahead and leave that. But the thing is, the voicemail caps at three minutes. Mm -hmm. So that's the max amount of time. It's almost like the tweet of audio, right? Yeah. Right? It's like when you think of 240, 240, right, is the number now, I think? Whatever characters are yeah. fewer. Yeah. Three minutes is probably, actually, it's a little bit long. But, like, you know, three minutes yeah. is kind of getting at the same thing. Mm -hmm. You want a clip. You don't want a, uh, a whole life story. Yes. Um, let's zoom out a little bit. So uh, this is an interesting, I want to do future podcast episodes on this topic, but while we have you here, I want to ask you about what do you think the city, both as a political institution, but also as a society should be doing to support artists and artist adjacent projects? Like, what is it that you're looking for? You need, including money, although that usually, you know, go, I think should go without saying, but like, what are the kind of support could you be looking for? That's a big question. Yeah. But uh, the first thing that comes to mind is just uh, safekeeping and securing artist spaces. Could you go a little more into that? Yeah, so there's one block, the, the block Washington, Market, and Campbell, and University. Mm -hmm. so there's a, this, this big block where the Bike Exchange, uh, Index Art Center is, Gallery of Faro, Newark Print Shop. Um, and those are three grassroots organizations here in Newark that are, uh, you know, in danger. Uh, I think Index Art Center uh, won't be around by the end of the year. And uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, artists who have studios in there. But just the gallery itself, like that, that meeting place, uh, you can't get that anywhere else. Like, I wouldn't be here, you know, uh, if, I, if it weren't for those spaces, just meeting different people and just, even if it's just to go there to be inspired, you know, courage to look at the artwork and, and be uh, encouraged by association just by looking at things. Yeah, and it's it's pretty central to downtown. The, yeah. these, there's a row, the, the area that Gabe is talking about is this sort of, um, you know, it's only a five-minute walk, maybe ten-minute walk from Penn Station. Yeah. Um, and could you get into the consequences of that not having a space downtown for artists and um, content producers? Like wh why? Why do you need a physical space downtown, or or at least somewhere in the center of the city, as opposed to being given space in like other parts of the city? Well, just ease of access, accessibility. Um, especially as you said, five minutes from Penn Station is major. Uh, but I I don't know. I just can't imagine a city without arts and culture. Mm -hmm. It it uh, it'll look very bland, and it's just you know expensive living. You know. Yeah, it's it's weird in a changing city um, that we all get very excited about the new tall building that's going up. I, and I'm not talking about a specific building, but just in general. Um, but we oftentimes discount the the loss of a space. Um, and I'm not trying to come out one side or the other uh, on this podcast, but um, it it's um, I do I think I recognize it as uh, a tough debate. Um, 
but do you think does having those spaces offer more retail opportunities for you or do you still are most of your sales um that support this um your branding online or do they occur physically in in a retail space do you have retail space first of all i should ask you that i do not um does that matter to you um i'm still thinking about it but uh no i don't think so is i'll do uh pop-up shops once in a while mm-hmm. like newark first fridays that's held at military park right and so but i'm not the only vendor there there's like 15 other vendors so it's just a big community thing uh, where we all come together but uh yeah um can you talk a little bit about first fridays actually um because i've seen you there a couple times there's one coming up this upcoming friday the podcast should be coming out on monday um what is it why does first fridays matter for a brand like yours and is it does it help with getting your stuff out there it does um zay little yep uh runs newark first fridays and i think he collaborates with the genius collective and uh newark first fridays is just a community event um there's an art walk which is probably the biggest thing from 5 to 9 p.m every first friday of the month from may to september uh there's live music there's food and arts and crafts vendors and i've been doing this for i did i've done all of them this year and i did all of them last year and it's big it's important to you know small artists like myself and uh other vendors to just even if it's not to to make a like a big name for ourselves just to get out there and have some fun and just share some interesting work that we're doing uh it's it's such a community building event too you know mm-hmm. i'm very grateful that zay puts this on he puts a lot of energy into this yeah uh zay's a great guy um his uh he has a really good social media presence and he's the person who um just to give him i should give him a shout out because he doesn't get a note in the credits but he pushed me to do this podcast most i think most of anyone um although gary also gary campbell who's out there listening right now um also uh was was an inspiration but zay was actually the person who gave me the contact for newark fm so i want to give him that credit uh and he runs a really cool thing with first fridays um but i also want to talk to you about um how does it feel um I, I want to hit this issue on the head because I feel like it's it's an interesting topic and I, I, maybe it's something you think about, maybe it's something you don't, but, um, you know, being um, a Portuguese and I'll assume you identify as white male um, and being young, how does that affect people's perceptions about you, about the brand, about how you feel occupying... Um, the space that you do. And I, I don't mean that in a judgmental way. I mean that like, no, well, how does it affect how you think about things? Well, one thing that's funny is, is people always have to check the Newark in me. Like, yeah. Can, uh, you, can you explain what that means? Cause I, that's a very <laughs> important thing. So this, well, I'll give a specific story. I was, um, I got some friends to take some photos with the Newark is for hustlers hoodie. And so we were walking down some side streets looking for like interesting background. And this guy pulls up, like he rolls down his window and he goes like, that's a dope sweatshirt. And then, and then they pointed to me like, oh, he made it. You can talk to him. And he looks at me and he goes, wait, you're from Newark? I was like, yeah. And he had to ask me like how many years. Like you always have to, yep. like as if I, I said a certain number, like a number less than five, like everything I were I was doing would be invalid. But uh, that's, I find that funny. I, I don't take any offense to it actually. But uh, yeah, that's, that's what it means to check yeah. the Newark of somebody. 
I mean, what do you think the fear is? I think I know what it is, but I want to see if you have any thoughts on that. Like, yeah, the fear is that I'm an outsider, sort of um, uh, trying to push like my, a new agenda. You know, yeah. gentr- gentrification. Or, or even uh, I think it's even more crass than that. And it's just like I- I'm waiting for the people to cash in on like the branding yeah. that you and other people who are from here have worked on. Yeah. Um, and just them being. Um, it's not pirates. That's the word I'm thinking of. But like, um, just coming in and and and, uh, and the carpetbagger is also a, a loaded term. So, uh, but like, it, it people just taking the branding and being like, oh, like I'm creating it mm-hmm. and and I'm selling it now instead of the people who are from here originally, um, which obviously takes food off of your plate, off of other artists' plates. Um, is that something that you're afraid about? Like now that New York's changing people are coming in from outside um or do you afraid of being of being pushed out at some point um yeah how do you th- how do you stay relevant then like what are you thinking about that kind of issue? as you mean the nork project and being an artist yeah or just being an artist in general i mean you could talk about specifically the nork project but um well, i think financial education in the artist space is not as pre- as prevalent as you know we'd like it to be mm-hmm so educating ourselves when it comes to those matters is very important. Um, sometimes it's just about straight up ownership. So if if you own a building, you know they can't kick you out. Yeah. But uh, it's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> to, own, to own a building is a lot of money. Um, yeah, it's sad that artists didn't have the money like twenty. I'll say twenty five, twenty years ago when you could have bought all these like rundown. Yeah. Um, abandoned derelict uh, buildings that um, now because of where they occupy are worth more than the actual structure that's there Um, and to have used that to a support the communities but also um, just provide income for for a lot of these spaces that otherwise don't generate income Um, yeah that's scary to think about that that is definitely affecting artists. I mean, how do you guys feel about as a, as a community? And obviously I don't want to put you on the spot as having to speak on behalf of an artist community, but what's the relationship to outsiders, particularly content producing outsiders that make Newark based Newark related content? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't make much sense, but uh, yeah, if they're, if they're trying to make Newark based content. Um, Well, I guess it depends. Like you can sort of tell if they're doing honest work or not, you know, you can sort of feel it. So, so you're not against outsiders in general? As long as you're doing honest work. Yeah. What does that mean to be honest, though? You can feel it. Oh, really? It's like sort of you can tell. Yeah. Um, just by looking, or is it the person themselves? When Maybe you have to speak to them for a couple minutes, mm-hmm. you know, see what kind of person they are. But uh, Check their Newark. Yeah, you got to <laughs> check their Newark. Yeah. yeah, so it was funny. You mentioned those five years. Did you think like five years is like at that point when you've been in the city that long? You oh, no, that was just, I just threw that out there. I don't think there's like a... No, but I like the, it's almost like a Freudian slip, right? Like five years does sound like, any less, it sounds like you've just kind of are traveling. I guess it just depends like how integrated you become in the community. There's people Mm -hmm. who've been here less than five years and they're, they're, they're really Newark. Yeah. You know, but, and there's people who've been here decades and, you know, they never really leave the house. You know, are they really Newark? Yeah, Yeah. I guess. uh, Yeah. It's more of a, it's, it's not so much a check. Well, it, it's a whole thing, right? It's not like a checklist of like you've lived here for twenty five years and you, you know, you did your time in you the South Ward or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that's that. That is a hard. It's something I hope, like over the course of this podcast, and oh, if this lasts years, I would, you know, love to finally get at some kind of answer about what defines being from here. Because uh, even after thirty years of of being of living or being associated with the city, I have no clue of how to figure it out. Yeah. Because we're not like other cities in the country where we have a huge immigrant population, and there are definitely New Yorkers, but a lot of those people have not been here that long. Yeah. Right? There's also people who. I was speaking to somebody who knows a woman who has never lived in Newark. She's lived uh, in East Orange, mm-hmm. but she's been working in Newark for thirty plus years. Yeah, but and but she's Newark. Like despite not living here, she's she's part of Newark. It's so funny that you mentioned this because this happened last night. There was a um, we're recording on a Saturday morning last night on Friday. There was the a Reddit meetup for the subreddit for Newark, and um, someone came to it and said she was from. She had just moved to East Orange and. Another person who I will not name, who I like a lot, was like, oh, that's that's basically having lived in Newark. And I'm like, well, no. <laughs> like, Because EO, the fact that I'm saying EO, you know, it operates as its own independent culture. Yeah. And despite the fact that I grew up two blocks from the border of East Orange and Newark, uh, and it almost seems indistinguishable in that part of town, like you really can't tell except for the fact that the names, the names of the streets go from numbers to actual names. Um, it still feels like it's separate, right? Um, but it's funny that you mentioned the flip of someone who's lived in East Orange and still has that kind of credibility of yeah. being from Newark. But it doesn't. If you lived in yeah. Belleville, is that the same? I don't think so. I right? Know. I'm not. I'm not the gatekeeper. Yeah. No. No. And, and no one. I mean, like that's the funny thing is there is no gatekeeper. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm actually kind of glad that the conversation went this way because it's. Uh, I think it's important to what the, what the work you're doing. It's 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 getting at this issue. It's not just pure like aesthetic branding but it's um it is acting as a way to cut across these barriers and to go back to the initial theme of bubbles like that's why i wanted you to talk about this kind of stuff because it is about universalizing i think um the concept of newark which can get pretty protected by particular groups that don't want outsiders coming into it yeah i don't know did i am i am i or am i just talking complete made-up stuff here you're right (laughs) Um, is there anything else you want to share about what you're working on um, and get out there Um, I mean if anybody wants to I just I'm I'm all for uh, people doing empowering work in the city just like Newark Newark stand up like we we gotta be doing more Um, because the the city is being revitalized uh, you know all this tech and um real estate but then we also need to be pushing forward on other fronts like arts and culture mm-hmm. you know so i'm all for uh people doing more empowering work in the city okay um so we're approaching near the end of the podcast which means i would like gabe to share what he's excited for in newer um i'm excited for first fridays i always love being there so august 2nd and then um, the first Friday of September, I'll be out at Military Park mm-hmm. as uh, with other vendors, and there will be live music, and uh, it's just it's it's just an awesome little community get together. So I would love to see you there, mm-hmm. uh, everyone, everyone who's listening, please. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, normally, I also would share my most excited thing uh, for this week, but I'm going to turn it over to a voice you don't get to hear all the time, and it's my my wonderful my important, my super gracious sound engineer. Um, I actually want him to introduce himself first and then I want him to share the thing that he is excited for uh, this week. Hello, everybody. 
<clears throat> so, in case you don't know me, or you might know me because Manny always graciously shouts me out, uh, my name is Bob Phrase. Um, and actually, coming up on Thursday, August 1st, I will be hosting an event. It's a uh, comedy show, as well as there will also be some live music uh, presented. It's called It's Funny But It's True. Uh, the Final Stop. It's a comedy special that me and my friend have put together. Uh, definitely would like everyone to come on out, enjoy yourselves, um, and it's going to be taped live so we can air it in theaters. So, yeah, come on out and, yeah, August 1st at QXT's Nightclub. That's 248 Mulberry Street in Newark, New Jersey. And I'll be sharing it on the website and on the podcast social media. This way you can actually see the whole, um, there's a whole graphic behind it and, and a list of who's performing. So that's it for this episode. I want to thank um, our guest, Gabe Ribeiro. This is Manny Antunes, host and producer of the Pod and Market podcast, editing and sound engineer by Byphrase, podcast logo and design provided by Robert Conti, additional creative input by Samantha Cateis. Pod intro and outro music by Dan Myler. If you have a subject you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please email podandmarket at gmail.com or contact the pod through our social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And so I'm going to end our quote uh, or end the episode with a quote from uh, Alexander Sergeyevich Pushkin. Now, some of you may know, uh, if, especially if you know me, I am a big Russian lit nut. And it's amazing that despite having gone in 12, 10, 11 episodes, this is our 11th, I have not done a Russian literature quote yet. Um, and I'm picking this one. Um, he's actually not my favorite Russian literature um, figure, but he's actually really, really good. And I'm picking Alexander Pushkin uh, for a couple reasons. A, he uh, was recognized as a prodigy in his own lifetime. And I know I'm not using that word around Gabe, but um, I think there's some interesting parallels about um, transcending different bubbles and communities. The other cool thing about Pushkin is, um, and this is not talked about too often, um, and it may have to do with certain things, uh, certain perceptions going on in Russia, but he was of mixed race. Um, and Pushkin is recognized as the the poet of Russian literature. There are other poets, but he's the one that gets referenced all the time. He's the one that people look back on and compare their work to. And his father, uh, sorry, his great-grandfather was um, an African general in the service of Peter the Great's army. And um he, uh, it's something that he grappled with. He has uh, a novel about his great grandfather's experiences um, in Russian nobility and in the Russian army. So I think he's a completely fascinating figure. He also died in a duel, um, which is the craziest thing he probably got into. Um, and I'm going to pull from one of his stories. Uh, it's called, it's a short story. Um, obviously, I described him as a poet, but he also was a short story writer. Um, and it's called The Queen of Spades. It's a story I've read over a couple times. I still don't quite know what it's getting at, but it is amazing um, because of that. And I'm just going to read this nice quote from the end of the short story. Chelensky began to deal, his hands trembling. On the right lay a queen, on the left an ace. The ace wins, said Hermann, and he turned over his card. Your queen loses, Chelensky said affably. Hermann shuddered. Indeed, instead of an ace, the queen of spades stood before him. He did not believe his eyes, did not understand how he could have drawn the wrong card. At that moment, it seemed to him that the queen of spades winked and grinned. The extraordinary likeness struck him. Thank you. <laughs>